Welcome to another edition of Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church. We're so glad you chose to listen with us today, and we pray your life will be blessed through the following message. Belief makes us move. It brings action in our lives. It causes us to not be stagnant anymore. We live out of our belief system. If I practice worldly practices 98% of the time and spiritual practices 2% of the time, guess what my default mechanism is? It is not spirit, it is flesh. Life is full of choices. The Bible tells us that God sets before us blessings and curses, life and death. Which will we choose? Our choices are formed and made from our beliefs and those beliefs produce action in all of us. In today's message, Pastor Eddie Mason discusses what it means to believe in Jesus and how that can affect our daily choices. I want to ask you this question, do you believe? Do you believe? Deuteronomy 11:26, he says, "See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God." But turn aside from the way that I am commanding you today to go after other gods that you have known. He says, one of the ways that you can violate my promises is to chase other gods. And so I was talking with somebody earlier this week and and, uh, I began to tell them about the different things I had worshipped. Anything you worship is a god to you. Let me say that again. Anything you worship is a god to you. So let me give you just a, just a short list. I'm not carving a stick and bowing down to a stick. I don't have graven images that I bow down to. But for the longest time, I worshiped my wife. And so what that means is I put my wife ahead of God. For a number of years, I worshiped my daddy. I put my daddy before God. I worshiped my children. I worshiped money. I worshiped God. Well, y'all just all that kind of like y'all, oh, y'all been perfect all your life. I mean, come on, you know. The, the whole thing is, what I'm telling you is that when we begin to think about following the, obey, uh, the, the word of the Lord and he said our, our hearts are chasing something different, we are always thinking in terms of primitive worship. I'm trying to tell you that when you chase the things of this world more than your fault, you're chasing God, you are violating the blessings of God. And when you violate those, what you're saying is, I choose the curse over the blessing. Now, God has to reveal that to you, and I understand that, and I'm asking God to bring revelation, but we need to be seeking Him so that we have that revelation. He says it again in Deuteronomy 30 and 19, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Therefore, choose life. Turn to your neighbor and say, choose life. Choose the blessing. But he adds something in here, that your offspring may live. Wow. As many times that I've read this, that part has never grabbed hold of my heart until a few days ago. And all of a sudden I realized that we keep talking about a lost generation. We keep talking about a generation that comes under such a such uh, 
unknown pressure that we've never seen or experienced. There's so many outside influences. But the Lord said that if you will choose life and blessings, then I will begin to pass those blessings on to your children. And then they can have life. Remember, anything outside God is not life, it's death. And so we want to understand where this life comes in. So you want blessings or curses? Say it again. I want to live under the blessing. I don't want to live under the curse. My flesh now sometimes likes choosing other things. You know, but the blessing is something that I want to choose. Now, so, so how do you choose the blessing? How can you choose the blessing? You get to choose, so how do you choose it? In John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? How many of you believe that? Why? There was a point in time in your life when you made a choice and you said, Jesus, come into my life. He made himself real to you. And out of that reality, you made a choice. And out of that choice, you understand that the blessings of eternal, uh, eternal presence is yours. I'm going to quit saying heaven. I like the idea of eternal presence better. We get to be in the presence of God eternally. And it began for us, our eyes were open to it, the day we said yes to the Lord, the day we began to believe. Can I tell you, all blessings begin with belief. You've got to believe God. See, we, I, 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 had a, I had a good friend or I had a, a good mentor, an older lady, my name is Debness. She was about 80 years old, and I was 19. And uh, she trains many young men. And, and as she was training us, afterwards, while I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues, and I started talking to Ms. Debnish about it. And Ms. Debnish said, well, I love God, and if he wants me to have that, he'll give that to me. And that's the way we look at blessings is, well, you know, I'm just going to sit here, and, and I'm going to hope that the blessings flow in my life. And I said, no, Ms. Debnish, you got to want what God's got. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to want what God's got. See, God can tell you he's got a, he's got a, a, a million dollars waiting for you. But if you don't want it and if you don't reach out and take what God's given you, that million dollars is going to lay there and it's going to do nothing for you. It's the exact same way with God's blessings. He said, I've got blessings for you that you can't even believe, but you got to want them. You got to reach out and you've got to take them. And it starts with belief. And so the first step of walking in the fullness of life is to believe. Understand that just to say, I believe is not believing. I ask people all the time, are you a Christian? Yeah. No, they're not. You know how I know they're not Christians? Because they're not acting on what they say they believe. If they believe it, they act on it. Now, they may not be perfect, and I'm not saying they'll be perfect, but belief makes us move. It brings action in our lives. It causes us to not be stagnant anymore. We live out of our belief system. We, we live out of a belief system. Some people call it the philosophy of life. I don't call it the philosophy of life. I call it the core of our very being. And all our decisions and all our, all our actions are based on what we believe. And so 
we want to we want to understand that belief is not just something that we go into our our minds and say, "Oh, I believe, I believe." Ask somebody, "You want to go to heaven or hell?" I want to go to heaven. Pray this prayer. They pray the prayer. They don't believe it. But you ask them later, "Did you pray the prayer?" Yeah, I prayed the prayer. You saved? No, they're not. They lost as a ball in high weeds. They're not saved until. There is an action taken out of that belief system. There is no true belief. It is all mouth. Am I making sense to you this morning? I want us to, I want us to go into this idea of belief. I want us to live in blessings. He said, whoever believes in me shall never die. Shall never die. Do we believe that? Do we believe that? One of the things that causes us not to act out or to believe is it causes a sacrifice. You know, everybody keeps telling me that I'm in touch with my feminine side. What they're saying is I, 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 I can touch my emotions. And I love emotions. Sue and I, when we were dating, we went to a movie called Love Story. Anybody ever heard of Love Story? You got to be old to have heard of Love Story. Well, in Love Story, she dies. And I am crying like a baby. And I look at my, my, my wife now. She wasn't then. I looked at Sue and I said, don't you ever bring me to another movie like this. I said, this is not my kind of movie. I want to go to See Clint Eastwood in a fistful of dollars or whatever the name of those things were. I can't even remember. I want to see shoot 'em up, bang, bang. But regardless, what I'm trying to tell you is that I, I want to be in touch with my spiritual side. I'm thankful that I have an emotional side, and I'm thankful that I have, I have the, the, the side that's male, but I am more thankful that I have the Spirit of God, and that's the one I want to be able to touch base with. That's the one I want to be able to act out of. That's the one I want to be able to react out of. But if I practice worldly practices 98% of the time and spiritual practices 2% of the time, guess what my default mechanism is? It is not spirit. It is flesh. And so that I have so trained myself to move in the flesh that I no longer believe and I no longer move in the spirit and I, I undermine my own belief system. I may truly believe it, but because of what I've seen and what I've heard, I don't act on those things. I'm not listening to my spirit. I'm listening to my emotions. I'm listening to my anger. I'm listening to my compassion. I am listening to things that are not of God. Now don't let me get too deep on you. But I want you to understand there's a place in God where you're going to walk in blessings. I read this, this story about King David. And King David has run away from Saul. And when he run away from Saul, he's hiding out. And he gets word that Saul's coming in and bringing soldiers and he's going to kill him. And so Saul, um, uh, David goes and he prays to God and he said, God, is Saul on his way? And God said, yep. And he says, is he going to kill me? He said, yes. Now, remember this. This is God. And so he said, what do I do? And he says, leave. 
I thought, wow. He didn't say take up the sword. He didn't say go to war with Saul. He said, leave. David left. Saul changed his mind. Didn't come. But you see, he didn't, David did not react out of a fear or an anxiety or a concern about what might happen to him. He went straight to God and God said, God, is this true? Would that we had such a relationship with God that we would ask him those things and then we would believe those things. And David didn't hesitate to leave the city when God said leave the city. But we get fearful that it's going to cost us something, that we're not going to be able to do something. We have this anxiety that if we walk in the spiritual world that that we will have to give up something. Well, you do. You give up hell. You give up torment. You give up anxiety. You give up fear. You give up doubt. You give up all those things that we say are human. We are not human. We are a brand new creation. We are unlike anything that's on the earth today. We have the blood of Jesus flowing through us. Amen. Give God praise. And so if we're going to do this, we've got we to leave this stuff. Fear comes from the world, not from God. Fear does not come from God. And so Matthew, Mark 9, 23, Jesus said, if you can, all things are possible for one who what? Believes. You think God was involved in believing? Yeah, believing. You know how you can tell whether somebody believes what, what, what God's shown them or not? They start claiming it. They start talking about it. They start acting on it. And they begin to act as if it had already taken place because it's something that they have confidence in that it's already a done deal. And you might not start off there, and belief may be a process for you, but at some point in time, you have to take ownership. You have to believe that those things are going to happen in your life. God said good things were coming. I believe it. God said David was coming back to God. I believe it. It started off right here. Now it's right here. Okay? I believe what God says. So if I believe what God says, then I'm going to act like it's there. And I'm going to walk in the peace. Do you ever lose your peace? Heck yeah, I lose my peace. You ever get frustrated? All the time. Let me tell you, let me just share a little side story here. I can be cooking. Sue Sue decided she likes me cooking. She tells me how good it is, and sometimes it just ain't that good. Okay, but she likes me cooking. And so I'll be over there, and I'll be in my corner of the kitchen, and I'll be cutting stuff up, and she comes, and she inserts herself right there. And I'm going, what are you doing? Well, there's a little bit of mess here I got to clean up. Maybe that mess has been there for six hours. Why now? And so I just get there, and I, just have, I find out I just have to step back. And I go, you're just infuriating me. I'm trying to cook and do all this stuff, and you're just going to come stand here. Now, I know none of y'all get frustrated with things like that. <laughs> Load the dishwasher. Get it all loaded and ready to go. She said, well, you don't have it right. What do you mean I don't have it right? It's in the dishwasher. The water's going to flow. The bubbles are going to come up. The dishes are going to get clean. The dryer's going to come on. What difference does it make? Yeah, but you you ain't got them in there right. Come on. Any of y'all that are going through that besides me? 
Why'd you use that pan? Well, I don't know. It was the one I got. I had, that's the wrong pan. Those things frustrate me. And so I have to bring myself back to peace. And the way I bring myself back to peace is then I have to go back in and I say, okay, God, what is all this about? And the Lord says, she just wants to be with you. I say, okay. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but I like it. Amen. <laughs> no, it's true. She just wants to be with you. She just wants to be right there where you are. And I say, okay, Lord, I, I can accept that. And, and, and she said, she just wants to be helpful. She doesn't want you to think she's not being helpful. And so when the Lord begins to un diffuse my frustration, but if I, don't, if I don't go to him and get my frustration under the spirit, the next thing you know, I'm getting angry. And then I'm going to express that anger. And when I express my anger, then I'm going to start wounding the people that I love. And instead of releasing a blessing, I've just released a curse. Words spoken out of anger are a curse. Think about that. Think about how much cursing you have done. We, we think of four-letter words. You don't have to use any four-letter words to release curses. To choose life, to believe in life, is to release blessings. This word ambassador has been brought to me over and over and over and over again. And I, I'm going to go into more teaching probably next week, but as an ambassador of Christ, I have been called to conquer and to release life. How about you? How about you? How much life are you releasing? You know, when you turn and you call your wife a dumb butt, that's not releasing life over her. When, when your wife turns to your, to your husband, to, to her husband and says, you lose your dang head if it wasn't sewed on. We don't think there's much in that, but the scripture said the power of life and death is in the and so we want to walk in that place where we've been called. He said, do you believe that all things are possible? Well, when I begin to speak the words of truth, all things become possible. I, I begin to eliminate the impossible because my confidence is no longer in what I can do, but it's in what God can do. My confidence is no longer that I can fix a situation. I, I gave up on that years ago. I realized real quick I can't fix people. Not my job to fix people. My job is to love people. My job is to speak blessings over people. My job is to, is to bring people into a place where they can feel and experience love like they've never experienced it before. And if I can't love them, then, I, then my belief system is undermined because God said I have the power of love. Amen? And so I want to move in the things that he said. But i got to ask myself this question. Do I believe that all things are possible? And many times the answer to that question is no. So then I have to go back and ask myself, who's right, God or me? Did Jesus just stick that in there so that he could make us feel better about ourselves? No. He said to him who believes all things are possible. So what do you think he's wanting us to work on? He's wanting to work on our believer. He's wanting us to begin to believe. It's okay if it's little in the beginning. 
But what happens is we start out and we have this little bit of faith and we get disappointed and that little bit of faith, we stick it in the ground, bury it, and say, I'm never going to do that again. I'm not ever going to set myself up for, for any kind of expectation or failure again. If I have no expectations, I won't get hurt. Let me tell you what I got for that. Loser. Loser. Only losers think that way. Ooh, I'm being ugly today. Excuse me, Lord. Those are victims. Those are not victors. Those are not victorious champions of God that have been placed here to, to, to rule and to reign with him. Those are people that are saying, I give up. And God said to him who believes, they won't give up. That's how you know. That's that action. That's that action that follows that belief. Let me just throw one thing in here. We need to believe what God says. I had a good friend when I first got saved, got filled with the Holy Spirit, went down and let him teach me some about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He got a phone call. I've shared this story before, but he got a phone call. And this man asked him to come pray for his mother. His mother was in the hospital dying. Jim said, I'll, I'll do it. Jim Armstrong was his name. But he said, I got to pray before I come. So he went and he knelt down. He prayed for about an hour and he got up and he went to the hospital. And he asked the, the, the young man, he said, do you really want me to pray for your mother? He said, I do. He said, well, the Spirit of the Lord said that she was going to be with me. She was going to heaven that this earthly body was going to be retired and she was going to take on her new body. Do you still want me to pray? He said, yes, I do. He went and laid hands, prayed. Fifteen minutes later, she was with Jesus. I tell you that for this simple reason. The Bible tells us all there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. And until he comes back, we will, this body will die because this corruptible body will put on incorruption. And so what we need to believe in is what God said. You can't just believe anything. To him who believes all things are possible. This is where I want to get to. 2 Timothy 1.15, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, talking about Timothy, which was first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Man, look at the legacy this man has. He had to believe in grandmama. He had to believe in mama. And that belief, that trust, and that faith, and that confidence was passed on to him. So he didn't have to start on the ground floor. Remember the promise in Deuteronomy? He said, in Deuteronomy, if you'll follow my commands, I will see to it that your offspring live. He's saying, I will create for them a platform that's higher than the one that you started on. And from generation to generation to generation, we pass that on. And so he's telling Timothy, he's reminding Timothy that he has an inheritance. He has a legacy in God that was passed on to him. And Paul says, and I am persuaded that it is in you also. Wherefore, I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He says, he said, Timothy, I know that you've been under attack. This is the back story. I know you've been under attack. 
I know you're discouraged. I know things aren't going the way you thought they ought to go. I know that people are despising you because of your youth. I understand the dilemma you're in. But he said, let me remind you who you are. You're of the lineage of a believing grandmother. You're of the lineage of a believing mother, a believing and praying mother. You have that spirit in you because I laid hands on you and the Holy Ghost filled you. You have the power of the Holy Spirit abiding in you. Let me remind you that in that spirit, you're not of this world. You're not of fear, doubt, and anxiety. You're of power, love, and a sound mind. Come on, yeah, give God praise. Now, notice he didn't say you, Timothy. He said us. Turn to your neighbor and say, we wanted the us. We have been given, if we believe, say that with me, if we believe, we've been given the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. If you ever want to know a reason to be filled with the Holy Spirit, this becomes one of the most perfect places right here because he said there's power. Power. And I want to remind you now, if you believe it, it's going to drive you to action. So Paul reminds him of this. And when he says you're full of power, he uses the word dunamis. Dunamis is a Greek word that we get dynamite from. It's explosive power. It's the glory of God himself abiding within us. And he said, I've placed my glory in your body. You understand He's not just talking to Timothy. He's talking to Eddie. Eddie, inside your body is the glory of God. Would you please release the glory of God? Then I can go from glory to glory. Now, I can keep him shut down. That's my choice. But he says, he's, if I believe, if I choose to believe, he's given me power. He could choose not to believe, couldn't he? He could say, Hang this. I'm a young man. I got a lot of life to live. And all I'm getting from all these people is grief. I'm going to do the Johnny Paycheck thing. Just take this job and I won't go there. That's not what he did, though. Paul didn't just leave him there. He said, I've given you the spirit of power. It's interesting that in Luke 24, 49, he says, Jesus said, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Same word, dunamis, same word. He says, clothed in it. Problem is, we take it off. When we let our unbelief rule our, our, our mind and our body, we take off that power and we lay it to the side, and we act like we're not, we're not walking in power. Well, Eddie, I've prayed for so many people that nothing happened. We'll pray for a whole lot more. But at the same time, read God's Word. Sow God's Word into your heart. I was thinking as I was driving here today, you know, Paul didn't have the New Testament. You understand that? He didn't walk around with his Bible, and he didn't walk around with a Torah either. He didn't have a scroll that he walked around with. You know why? He memorized it. Let me tell you that one more time. He, he memorized the entire part of the Bible that he had, the whole Torah. He didn't have to have anything else. He knew it. He meditated on it. He rehearsed it. He began to tell himself, all oh, things are possible to him who believes. 
He said, that's what God has told me. God has told me I can choose life or I can choose death. I can choose blessing or I can choose cursing. He said, he has given me the power to choose either one. And what I've got to do is do I believe? Do I believe that I can choose blessing? Do I believe that I can choose to walk in the goodness of God? Do I believe these things? And only you can answer that question. Nobody else can. In Acts 1.8, he said, but you will receive dunamis. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Look what he says. I'm going to pour out power in your life. Where's the power? Let me tell you right now, it's in a coffin called unbelief. It's time we came out of the coffin. It's time we began to understand who we are. It's the time we began to walk in our identity. Well, what if I fall down? Whoever saw a baby stand up and start running without falling down a few times? I was afraid I was going to be accused of child abuse with David. He had such a hard time walking, he fell into everything. And I was always having to carry him to the hospital to get something sewn up where he'd fallen and broken or bruised or done something. And I didn't think he'd ever learn to walk, but he learned how to walk. Why? Because he didn't quit. Same thing with his bicycle. Poor boy had no balance. Had no balance. He got rid of them, but he had no balance. And so he'd ride that bicycle and crash it and break it, and I'd have to take it off. Got him a go-kart. You know, he's a real smart daddy here. <laughs> he couldn't drive a, go a bicycle real well. He finally got to it. I bought him a go-kart. Listen, I had that go-kart welded. So many times where he broke the front wheels off of it. He knocked, the, he knocked the air conditioner off of it. So then that wasn't good enough. I got him a car. He wrecked six cars before he turned 20 years old. But he learned how to drive. Do you hear what I'm telling you? I'm telling you that it starts. It, you have to take a step. You have to move forward and say, I'm going to believe. I'm going to choose to believe. And if I fall down, I'm going to get up. And if I fall down, I'm going to get up. And if I fall down, I'm going to get up. And I'm going to get up until I learn how to walk in the power that God has, has bestowed upon me. I am clothed in power. Then he goes on and he says, not only did he do it in power, he said, I've clothed you in love. Anybody ever know anybody that's unlovable? God always puts one of those people in your life, doesn't he? He loves to put unlovable people in your life. Why? He wants to challenge you. But God said, I've given you the power to love them. I've given you the ability to love them. I had a good friend that was a pastor friend. He said, you can love them, but you don't have to be around them. Well, I can tell you, that's not real love. That's not real love. Real love comes in a whole different way. He's not talking about worldly love now. He's talking about, world, he's talking about the kind of love that's patient, kind. He's talking about the kind of love that just doesn't, doesn't vault itself up, has no envy. He's talking about the kind of love that's not arrogant. He's talking about that kind of love that bears all things. Let me say that again, bears all things. Even the tongue of an unlovable person believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Have you noticed in there there's three things that I just don't like? Patience, endurance, and tolerance. Love will tolerate a lot. Now, I'm not talking about being a doormat, but I'm talking about loving people in spite of who they are. Can I tell you who they are? They're God's creation. 
they are potential hosts for the God of glory. They may be hurt, they may be wounded, and if you don't love them, you'll never find out. God said, I've given you the power to change the earth. I've given you the love to change the earth. And he says, and finally he says, I've given you a sound mind. A sound mind is a mind that's able to stay at rest. Whew, sometimes that's a tough one. Sometimes that's harder than all the other things put together for me. That mind gets to moving. And sometimes it moves so fast, the thoughts come quicker and quicker and quicker. But God said, I've given you a strong mind. I've given you a mind that's able to take over and to bring you back to a place of peace, that brings you back to a place of rest, that brings you to that quiet place. I've given you that kind of mind. He said, I've given you the kind of mind that overcomes fear and anxiety. I've given you the kind of mind that steps on serpents and scorpions. I've given you the kind of mind that conquers and doesn't quit. I've given you the kind of mind that is victorious and not a victim. He said, I've given you the mind of Christ. Wow. Wow. Now I've got a question for you. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe you're clothed in power? Do you believe you have the ability to love the unlovable? Do you believe that in the midst of any situation that you can go to peace? Doesn't mean you'll like what's going on, but you can go to peace. Do you believe? It takes practice. We have to practice it. Because Timothy had been so beaten up, Paul encourages him to stir himself up. Stir up the gift that was in him. It literally means to kindle, to kindle up, to fan into flame. And what we do is we try to come into a place and let the worship just worship us or lay our hands on me and stir me up or some outside influence as long as I don't have to do anything. We are Santa Claus minded. Paul didn't tell him that, did he? Paul didn't say, hang on, Timothy, I'm headed your way. I'm going to lay hands on you again. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. But that's not what he said. He said, stir up the spirit. Who's to stir it up? Timothy's to stir it up. How do you think he stirred it up? How do you think he went about doing that? He said, stir it up. He said, light it up again like that. There was a rocket that took off uh, a few weeks ago that went to the, uh, what is that thing called, space station. And, man, if anybody saw that thing, they lit those rockets up and those thrusters started. And, man, I began to say, man, that's what I want to do. I want to be lit up like a rocket. I want to go into those places of faith and faithfulness that only God can carry me to. I want to be one of those things. And God said, then, you're going to have to get stirred up in your spirit, Eddie. The spirit's got to be stirred up within you. Well, as soon as somebody does it, uh-uh, you do it. David said, finding nobody to lift him up, he said he went and lifted himself up. Come on, we got to get to that point where we go, hey, I'm going to get in the presence of God, and God, I'm going to stay here until I get out of this, this self-serving doldrum that I'm in. I'm going to get to that place of peace, rest, joy, unspeakable, 
and full of glory. I may not be there today, and I may not be there tomorrow, but I've got a strong mind, and I'm not quitting until I experience the presence of Almighty God. Jacob told the angel, I ain't letting go. He probably didn't use the word ain't, but it's okay. Till you bless me. When are we going to grab hold of God and say, God, I'm not letting go until I get this. I'm not letting go until I'm ignited in my spirit. And the only question that ever has to be answered for any of us is, do you believe? Do you believe? you believe you're going to heaven? That's, a, that's an ethereal belief. That's a, in the distance. What we want now is one that's happening right now. What do you believe for right now? What can you grab hold of? You can't grab hold of it. Nobody's condemning you. Understand that. Nobody's condemning anybody for this. What we're saying is, though, that that, that decision says, I'm going to start stepping towards those things that change who I am into who I'm supposed to be. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for the joy of knowing that all things are possible to him who believes. Father God, I thank you and praise you that by faith we stand with you in all things. God, we just give you glory, honor, and praise now in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.